You're listening to Sideshow Network. Check out all of our shows at sideshownetwork.tv. Hey. Hey. You like making great money, right? Me, I do. Yeah. So here's a really cool opportunity I just wanted to share with you. Yeah. Driving with Uber. Driving with Uber. Uber is a popular smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. Mm -hmm. I take Uber a bunch. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And in chatting with different drivers, some of them have really interesting stories as to why they drive with Uber. You know who took an Uber here today? Who? DJ Clark Kent. Wow, our guest. That is true. He was in Brooklyn. Yep. Jumped in a Nissan Rogue, rode it all the way from deep in Brooklyn up Manhattan, up the Upper West Side, all the way to us, got here. I asked him how it was. What did he say? He said, five stars. Five stars. He says he knows how to get on a driver's good side. I'm sure he didn't chat him up. He was probably busy doing work. He was getting ready for this podcast. But he enjoyed the ride. It was comfortable. It was clean. They had waters. And uh, he got up here on time in a timely manner and way more comfortable than in a taxi. You know what I love about Uber? What's that? Well, Uber drivers, they love being their own boss. Yeah. They earn great money. Mm -hmm. It's easy to start. You just need a car and a license. That's it? Driving with Uber is great for anyone who needs flexibility. Really? So parents, Eric, this is a really easy way to work around your family schedule. When I have kids, I'll think about this. Students, Mm -hmm. you can make some extra money between classes. I'm also going to think about this when I go to grad school. I thought you were going to tell your children that they could become... I'll do that too. Uber for everyone. Yeah, now's the prime time to cash in driving with Uber. And you'll thank me for telling you how to get paid every week. I could be getting into your car when you could drive with Uber. Wow. So you've got a car and a license. Put them both to work for you and start earning serious, life-changing money today. Today. Sign up with Drive with Uber. Today. Visit drivewithuber.com. Today. That's drivewithuber.com. Drivewithuber.com. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Writer's Block, a.k.a. Behind Bars. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Sending Slugs, a.k.a. Snail Mail. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, DJ Clark Camp, Brooklyn's finest, New York Giant, God's favorite DJ. Yeah, and this is a waste of time with this the real. Alright, so. I swear, they were two totally different people about two minutes ago. The first time we met you, do you remember when it was? I don't know if I remember exactly when it was, but I know that I actually did like y'all in probably like the first or second time I met y'all. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. It was BET Awards weekend. Yeah, it was like 2011. And yeah. we went Cali. Yeah, we yeah, went yeah. Cali. We went Cali, and I was at the ASCAP Awards. It was Awards. the ASCAP yeah. Awards. Yeah, Absolutely. it was at the Beverly Puffy. Hilton. Yeah, was Puffy was being a, honored. I was doing the, um, the tribute to Puff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you came up to us. This is before we did the red carpet. We were doing the, right. the MTV interviews. And we you, were getting our like credentials or something, and you exactly. walked up behind us. Yes, we was walking up on the side before you go inside, and they were giving credentials, and it was a red carpet a little ways yeah. away. And I was like, I like you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you dipped. You're like, by the way, my name's Clark Kent, and you dipped. And we're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we ran after you, and we're just like, you don't understand what this means to us. There were two times, at least two times, right. that were super important to us when you said that you fucked with our shit. Yeah. And that we were doing good stuff for the culture. Mm-hmm. And when Green Lantern came up to us in SOBs. And like, said like, the exact same thing. Yeah. Which was like mind-blowing to us. These guys understand and appreciate what we're doing. Then we're, we're on the right trail. Yeah, so you, sure. you said that. We appreciated it. And then we were like, but we can't let you go without asking you just like questions for us personally because we're hip-hop nerds. Yes. And we asked you then. We, we were like, Puffy's being honored. Who is your favorite ghostwriter for Puffy? And you go, that's easy. Sauce Money. Yeah. Because he... He was the only one that... Who became him. He yeah. became Puffy. Exactly yeah, yeah. Right. right. Like he made he became... Puffy sound like Puffy. Yeah. Right. And you know what it is? It's To me, like what I, I think I might have explained it then, but 
um, when you have to write for somebody, you actually have to take that person's thoughts into accord. Otherwise, it's not going to come out like right. Like so, when Jay wrote for Dre, when you listen to it, you were like, I actually believe Dre could have wrote those rhymes. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So when you ghostwrite for somebody, you actually have to think the way that person's going to think and think the limitations of what that person should or shouldn't say. Let's talk about ghostwriting, specifically with what's been going on the last couple weeks. Yeah, but have you heard of anything <laughs> about ghostwriting? Have you, do you know what ghostwriting is? Absolutely. Okay. I, see, that's the thing. I do know the definition of ghostwriting. And mm. a lot of people, they might not know the definition of ghostwriting. And that's where, you know, probably the, 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 the area gets very gray. Okay. Well, you saw it in person. Yeah. Biggie wrote for Kim. Yeah. For example. For example. Yeah. Um, and that was understood. That wasn't right. necessarily... There's, there's no ghostwriting. There. Right. Right. Um, this situation that Meek brought to light about Drake, and not everything is proven, but, but w- what we understand is that there are reference tracks written by Quentin Miller, yeah. wrapped by Quentin Miller. And given credit. And given no ghostwriting. Right. Now, if you don't give credit, that's a ghostwriter. Correct. Someone was like, yo, your man's out here saying Drake is... Is, is getting rhymes written for him. And I'm just like, you know, before I agree with that, like, let me hear where you prove that. And if I listen to what this dude did in the reference tracks, they're not rhymes. Right. They're like hooks. So that's not ghostwriting to me. Now, if you got a record where somebody else wrote something and the credit isn't given, mm-hmm. that's a ghostwriter. Right. Right. So now I heard on Rico, there's no credit given to Quentin Miller. Yeah. Right. Now, if that's so, then in that instance, he would look like a ghostwriter. Right. I'm not saying he naturally is, but if you listen to what was written, it was just like, yeah, okay, that was like almost like I'm giving you a flow because it was like two bars. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, but does like, it matter? Does that matter? In 2015. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if it mattered ever because Rakim wrote Summertime, the biggest Will Smith record ever. Mm-hmm. Nobody argued. They were just like, shit is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But, again, but that's only if wait, you're wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> See, but when you look at that, you look at it for what it is. It's a song. And the problem is, when it comes to rap, is, is that rap is built off of the braggadocio of how good you rhyme. Cool. That's what rap is built off of. That's not what making rap records is built off of. The first rap record. Half of it was written by Grandmaster Cat. Correct. He didn't rhyme on the record. So what are we talking about here? If the if if the game that we play mm-hmm. is built off of a record that was written by who I say is the first best MC ever, right? Mm-hmm. So what are we looking at? What what are we beefing oh, no. about? It's all made up. But the question yeah. is whether you're comparing Drake to Will Smith or Drake to Rakim. I'm not comparing Drake to anybody. First of all, let's get this clear. Yeah. That motherfucker is deadly. Mm-hmm. His pen is vicious. You can I say agree. what you totally want to say about, you know, these 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 tracks. I I don't think anybody's writing what he's really really saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. I mean, I look at I look at Drake. <laughs> I look at Drake and I look at Meek like this. Drake was this dude who probably got bullied when he was young. I'm mm. not saying it happened, but that's the way he raps. Yeah. He right. raps like, I got bullied. You guys took advantage of me. I'm half Jewish. I'm half black. Um, you, you, I, I, got in, I got webs, web 
footage of me dancing at my bar mitzvah. Right. Like, it's so much you can say to him that he has to be, like, ten times more ready than the average dude. Yeah. Right. Because you can't. Y'all think he's soft. He wins with singing records. He goes number one with singing records. So he's in his mind going, somebody is going to try me one day. I've got to be ready. Trust me when I say, Drake does not have three Pete ready. You don't he think has so? the seventh record oh. ready. He's, yo, that kind of guy is like KRS-One. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he's ready yeah. because his pen goes. Right. He flames that pen. Trust me, he flames that pen. You know, you don't look at MC like, he, I mean, at, at Meek, like he's a super MC, even though he comes from battle rap. The battle rap that he comes from is street battle rap. Right. And that really doesn't require a pen. That requires you being slicker and talking more shit and being more effective right. with the way you speak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you listen to all of the records he's made, you know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, he'd turn a party up in a second. Yep. But you're not really going, oh, he's going to get super busy. So... Throwing the jab out there and people expecting Meek to come back and go super crazy is almost kind of like wrong when you're looking at a dude whose pen goes bananas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially when he's got the extra fucking triple XL chip on his shoulder because he's worried about somebody digging into his his person. How do you feel about, for instance, like Kanye for all day Mm -hmm. has... 18, 20 people in the room helping him out right. in terms of like making sure his ideas are as clear as, as can be and as great as they can be. And that includes people like Kendrick or Pusha or okay. whoever. Stop where you're at. Yeah. Tell me Kanye is not top five rapper he, right now. He is. Okay, cool. And Kanye's my favorite. Doing his job. Yeah. Here's the other part about Kanye. I don't even look at him like a rapper. Like he's an artist. Right. So what are you going to tell Roberta Flack, who didn't write all of her songs, that she wasn't fucking amazing? Very fair. You're going to tell Yo, Quincy she was, Jones. She wasn't oh, real like that, though. <laughs> You're tell Quincy Jones, mm-hmm. one of the most prolific producers ever, right? that had Rod Templeton sitting right, right with him for mm-hmm. damn near every song. Yeah. He's not Quincy Jones? Yo, but he wasn't writing his rhymes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay, well, none of them were rhyming. But they're all in the entertainment business. And this is fucking entertainment. And that's where the rap game gets a little confused. It's not about how – you know what's crazy? Saying this and knowing this when I tried to give you all the best MC in the world. I'm like, I'm going to show you that this dude is the best MC in the world. Everybody knows he's the best MC in the world, but nothing mattered until he started making amazing songs. Mm-hmm. It's the songs. This, this, this whole music thing, like half of what these kids are all – got they all panties in a bunch about – it's bullshit unless you make great records. That's the reason why, you know, you know, Drake, he really didn't have to say shit. He could just be like, have you seen what my mixtape sold? Mm-hmm. My mixtape. Not my album. My mixtape outperformed damn near everybody's album that year. Yep. Mixtape. His last mixtape. But that gets confusing, no, 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 no. though. Well, well, call it what you want. His last <laughs> mixtape is iller than a lot of people's albums. Yeah. A lot. His first mixtape was iller than a lot of people's album. His last mixtape, or not album, was <laughs> better than most people's albums. I'm sorry. You can't look at it like, oh, he's just this MC, this rapper. You got to look at it like he's an entertaining motherfucker. Yeah. He's talented. Yeah, he is. That's like saying Kanye shouldn't make 808s and heartbreaks. 
I'm sorry. Those millions that sold said he should have. And he, and he, he shifted his, everything. No, he lit, he opened his ability to do whatever he wants to do. For sure. Yeah. He took his power and showed that he could use it. That's Kanye's a bad man. Yeah. No, <laughs> He's for a real. bad man. Thorough respect for Kanye yeah. West. Um, are there, last ghostwriting questions. Are there any ghostwriters that you want to just put on blast right now? Ghostwriters? Or, 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 or writers, MCs, MCs who are writing who for, writing for other people. people. Yeah. <laughs> damn near every, every MC that y'all think is dope writes for somebody. Damn near every MC that you think is dope writes for somebody. Kendrick. Definitely writes for somebody. I'm sure he does. I bet you there's a girl going to come out and then she's going to be amazing. And then you're going to find out somewhere down the line. Yeah, that was Kendrick's pen flaming right there. Push also, a T. I mean, like Kendrick's writing for Dr. I, Dre. I think Pusha T oh, yeah. might, write for, might write for people. But I Pharrell. think he might. I might. I think, nah, Pharrell gets busy. His pen is Pharrell flaming. writes himself. Really? Pharrell writes. Okay. Gets busy. Um, Pharrell was a rapper before. You know no, that, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, for sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so don't, yeah. Don't take that pen away from no. him. <laughs> and you know, like, like. You know, stepping away from what you're asking me, Pharrell is, with all due respects, the best producer, period. Understand why I say that. Sure. Pharrell gives you a track, tells you how you're going to rhyme on it, and tells you your hook. Most guys are just giving you tracks. There's another guy who does that, Jermaine Dupri. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Pharrell continuously does it all the time, and if you don't use it, he makes the song. <laughs> and then you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. He shits on everything. Oh, you didn't want to do it? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do it for yeah. you. What? <laughs> that dude, unstoppable. Yeah. He's Pharrell took a wait. He took a break for like three years, and then came back and started producing again, and was like, "Yeah, move the fuck out the way for a second. <laughs> move." Tell me. Besides Jermaine Dupri, I still say Jermaine Dupri might be one of the best ever because Jermaine Dupri builds artists. That's the one thing he does that. Damn near nobody does. He builds artists like from the ground up. Let me show you. This is who you're going to be. You're going to yep. dress like this. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk like this. You're yeah. going to make this record. This is what it's going to sound like. And this is what's going to happen once you do it. And if you let him, he makes you a superstar. That's called being a serious producer. Now, imagine if Puff could make tracks. Yeah, I was going to say. What's, Who's going to be iller than Puff? What's, <laughs> what's Diddy's process like in terms of that? Well, well, he, I, did, he I, just the, the Diddy I saw. I've seen right, like I've seen so many different avenues of Diddy. Like if you first, let's let's get you to understand what producer means. Producer means you see the record come to fruition, right? Not you made the beat, because there's people who make beats and there's people who produce records. You make the record come to fruition, whether you made the beat or not. You make it come to fruition. So if you walk in and the beat is crazy and you say big rhyme on this, move that hi hat, you're producing. You make that record come to fruition, you're producing. Just because you didn't make a beat doesn't mean you didn't produce a song. Right. He's, he's the director he's the of the effect. film. Yeah, like yeah. he is the movie maker. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you, I'm sorry. He, look at how many movies he made. And now you're finna get loose. Bad Boys 2. And now yeah. you're finna get loose. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and he's probably like one of the few guys that I believe that if he just felt like it, it, it could just be on and popping again. Um, I want to talk about Maria Davis's Mad Wednesdays. Dope. Um, set up a lot of people's careers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was a showcase in New York. Yes, it was. Was it a weekly, monthly? It was a weekly. It was every Wednesday, Mad Wednesdays. Because um, now it's a monthly thing. Yeah, I think it yeah. is now. Yeah, but Maria Davis Wednesdays was damn near a stage for anybody who thought they were trying to do something. Singers, rappers, 
damn near violin players, whoever. <laughs> she had, like, Mary J. Blige in there. She yeah. had, like, Keith Murray in there. I heard a story where Keith Murray got hit over the head with a bottle by Biggs. Were you there that night? Yep. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was just a fight. A lot of fight. And bottles thrown and bottles being broken. Dame got cut in his head behind that fight. Man. Yeah. It was a lot going on yeah <laughs> how come nobody gets hit in the head with bottles anymore lawsuits oh. people tell no one's mm-hmm. real anymore they tell. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like think about it chris brown and and drake mm-hmm. they were throwing bottles and they damn near almost went to jail you know and and like, now that that greenhouse is shut down right right yeah, yeah. How about that yeah <laughs> yeah dudes tell yeah <laughs> where honeysuckle west where that fight happened was on the next night <laughs> so no nobody told you by the way a very unfortunate name in retrospect soldier boy tell him not a good. <laughs> it's like a snitching name. Notice he took the telemark. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's so him. long. It's just a really, really long name. Um, too long for Twitter. So when you when you started running around town DJing at the beginning of your career, mm-hmm. like in my mind, New York City was very territorial. Like you're a Brooklyn guy, you do Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Bronx guys stay in, in the Bronx. Everyone has their own territories, but you seem to play everywhere and and go. About your business with no problem. Right, because it wasn't territorial. Oh, it wasn't territorial. So that you know. Okay. No, because you know in my no, mind, it it's, seemed, like, it's like the Warriors. Right. It, right. Seemed, <laughs> it seemed like that, but it just wasn't. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because the, twi- the, the original Disco Twins are from Queens. They used to be up in the Bronx. They used to be in Manhattan. They used to be in Brooklyn. Um, who else? Grandmaster Flowers. He used to play everywhere. Grandmaster Flash used to be in Brooklyn playing at the zoo. With no you problems. Mean, no. What, what's they the were... problem? Your grandmaster play. play. <laughs> it, it wasn't about you being a tough guy. It was about you performing. Yeah. Either you perform or you can't perform. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I played numerous clubs in the Bronx and Harlem. And I played more out there than I did in Brooklyn. Really? Yes. Why? Because it was killing in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to play. I wanted to actually do the work. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I didn't, it, wasn't a, um, it wasn't a celebrity club to me. It was a... I really want to be looked at as one of the, the better DJs in the world. So I wanted to work as much as possible. So you work where the work was. I was in the Fever and in the Harlem World and in the Savoy Manor and in every fucking club you can name. Yeah. At some point, I've, yeah, sure. I've moved those wheels. <laughs> what was uh, the song that got played most like back to back to back, like in a row at the tunnel? It might have been the Benjamin Benz or, or Dave. Player's Apple. Anthem. Player's Anthem was nutty. That was nutty. The <laughs> funny part is they didn't want to play it at first. Why is that? I don't. I don't know. Uh. I mean, you know, I maybe it might have been a personal thing. They did that. It it took Big Cap to play it. You know, what I'm saying we brought it and it we got the side eye, and then all of a sudden Cap was like, "Fuck it," and he played it, and motherfuckers were like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> you know, what I'm saying. Funny part about that is. It's playing, and he keeps playing it, and LL is standing next to me. This is the first night. That anybody ever heard the record? We made the record on a Thursday. I mean, on Wednesday, Kim got on on Thursday. Friday, it got mastered. We was in the tunnel, mm. and we're passing the acetate. Like, play the shit. Nah, nah, nah. Play the shit. <laughs> <laughs> play the shit. Motherfuckers is going. What the fuck? Now we got a record out the gate. No one's ever heard it, but they're hearing it now and they're going crazy. Yeah. LL standing next to me. Who's my man? Don't get it confused. He was like, yo, Clark, you did that? I was like, yeah. He was like, yo, I need a beat just like that. And I was like, dog, I gave you the shit before I gave it to them. <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, it's the first song on the silver cassette that I gave you. Uh. Sure enough, he comes, calls me a couple of days later. He was like, I missed that. <laughs> I said, 
yeah, I said, but it's not your fault that you missed it. And he didn't understand what I meant. And I said, it's not your fault because most people can't hear the song mm-hmm. right. when they hear a track. Yeah. All they hear is the track. That's why so many people end up rhyming on shit mm-hmm. because they hear themselves rhyming instead of hearing the song. Well, they need Jermaine Dupri to come in and do the song for them. That's right. <laughs> or Pharrell to explain yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what the hook's going to be. Well, the good part about Big was he could hear the song. Like, understand me. I played that song for him on a tour bus because he was like, yo, we need some beats. <laughs> so we went home one weekend and we came back and he, I just, I just had beats. <laughs> and he was like, the shit came on and he was like, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and he was like, yo, we're going to go back home. I was like, what? He was like, grab it, give it. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, this is it. You know what I'm saying? But two songs later, um, the Sky's the Limit plays. Mm. And he was like, Clark, I need this. So what? who's going to rhyme on this? He was like, me. I was like, we're not doing your album right now. <laughs> he was like, nah, but just hold it. Hold it. And I was just like, fuck. <laughs> and I'm saying fuck because I gave it to Jay. I gave it to Akinelli. Mm-hmm. I gave it to Sauce. See, there's a list. <laughs> there's a list. Like, who gets the records first? Jay, Sauce, then it's whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The funny part was Player's Anthem got given to LL first by accident. So I'm like, he had it. He could have took it. Wait, how <laughs> was it by accident? Did? Because it was, it was put on a tape. And I saw him. He was like, you ain't got no music on you? And I was like, damn, this is Jay's tape. (laughs) I was like, well, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? 99% of the time, Jay would be at my house to hear music. Hmm. So it was like he heard it coming out the drum machine. Yeah. So he'd take what he wants to take when he wants to take it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you were trying to put Jay on everything anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you you know, that's who I'm working with. Yeah, of course. He gets first dip. Yeah. Like, I didn't. Ask him to rap because but for he the record, cool. he passed on that song. Absolutely, he yeah. passed on that. He passed on "Sky's the Limit." I mean, did he try him. like? Did he try? Uh, he doesn't write, but did he try like rapping to any of these? Jay, he's one of those guys who. Well, let me say this: back then, if he heard it, he's formulating immediately, right. mm-hmm. and he didn't formulate. You know what I'm saying? Nothing came to him, like, and and it, he was like, oh, you know, it just didn't happen. What's left now of? Biggie material that we haven't heard. I don't think there's too much of Biggie. Yeah. I don't think there's too much. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, enough Jay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because like even like I heard you did a, a podcast with um with Combat and mm-hmm. Just Blaze was on it and just asked you if um greatest MC like yeah, he was like I'll, yeah yeah I was like how the fuck do you know yeah about yeah, yeah. and so then like that came out earlier this year like you were just like. You know, how the fuck did you hear that song? And now it's out. And so, and like a bunch of, like 15 songs maybe like leaked. No, 10. I think it was from the, I don't know. From the demo. I didn't listen to it, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, it was, it was various demos. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's, there's there's more. <laughs> and um, How much do you have? About 30. Wow. But but out of pure respect. like no, of course. Yeah, of course. You know. I mean, you're just going to leak them for this podcast, <laughs> right? No, no, no. You, you have to understand, Um, I believe that what was heard when you, you know what I'm saying? What was heard was supposed to be heard. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's, there's records where he's rhyming with two other MCs as a group. Yeah. And the rhymes are flaming. You're talking about Sauce and, Sauce and uh, Jazz. Yeah. yeah. Like the hard pack. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 
Like it, the rhymes are like amazing, but it's like you'll never get to those songs. But We're, he uses rhymes from those sessions. Not those, like some of the songs that that people might have heard at some point. You know what I'm saying? But not a lot. There's times, one, one Christmas I gave him a, um, a CD of a bunch of the old songs, and he was like, fuck, I was going crazy. I was like, yes. <laughs> he was saying some shit. He was like, oh, man, I might have to use some of that. I was like, nah, you ain't going to use none. And he only used one song. Use it. He used a song called What's in a Name mm-hmm. on, on a Missy song. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but the rhymes on What's in a Name were just, like, fucking retarded. Really? Like, retarded. Like, he used rappers' names to make three verses. Like, the, the shit he was saying was just like stupid and he just did it so like it was it was effortlessly like yeah everything he did was effortlessly with that pen like or without the pen yeah yeah you know he what did you think of the idea that dmx and jay and ja rule would team up to form a group i just at the time I, I, i didn't think it would actually happen and the reason why i didn't think it would actually happen is because i didn't think there was enough control of of the situation. What? <laughs> I don't think anybody could have controlled the situation. I mean, it, there could have been a, a level of control to a point, but then I just think it just would have went awry. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would have been um, productive enough uh, song-wise. It would have been a bunch of hard records, and I don't think there would have been a bunch of great songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, that's why... Kanye and Jay work so perfectly because Kanye is about the songs mm-hmm. and Jay is going to flame that ratchet. Yeah. This comes to mind. We were at a, um, a Heineken event that mm-hmm. you were spinning at last summer yeah. or yeah. last fall. Mm-hmm. And you were playing Bobby Shmurda back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And it was killing, mm-hmm. like killing. So no one can ever say that you're not like attuned to what's out oh, there no, or, no. or like but, stuff but, but that you listen to everything. Like I had to like the record to play it that right. way, though. You know what I'm saying? And I liked it. And th- that's, that's the other part about being a DJ. Like a DJ just can't be on some, you know, I like what I like. I like I like what I like what I like. I like records for reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like, do I think Bobby Schmurter is a dope MC? No. no. Do I think that record's energy is crazy? Absolutely. Where do I play? In fucking clubs. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't get the energy listening to it, I'm not playing it. When I heard that shit, the ignorance on it was so crazy that I was just like, oh, this is going to be. <laughs> you, now, I need you to understand, like, I heard the record way before everybody else. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. So when people were watching the Vine, yeah. I already had the record. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, that record became hot off of a Vine. Mm-hmm. I had the record. Mm. So I was playing a record when it was a Vine, and people were going, "That's that shit from the Vine," and I was going, "No, this is the record that, that the, vines the Vine from the made." Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the record, like, and I'm just like, "No, they uh, took the six seconds and they expanded." Yeah, like, it. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what do you? And uh, it, but you know, that's a test of me really giving a fuck about my craft. Too, yeah, though, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't just wait till the record's hot. I'm I'm searching for it. Yeah, I would rather be the guy who somebody goes, "Yeah, I heard Clock play that first. You're God's favorite DJ. Absolutely. Or uh, Kanye's favorite DJ. Whatever. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. God's. Not, not Kanye. <laughs> I, I, I was going to go into a very deep discussion of whether Kanye is God, but I think I'm just going to... No, we'll do that another he's time. Not. He's, he's not, not God. He's not. Well, Is that an opinion or is that fact? <laughs> it depends on how you look at things. Okay. You is he an saying? MC like, or a rapper? He's a, he's a rapper who's really being a better MC lately. Because mm-hmm. his bars be yeah, some yeah. shit. 
I know there's times when people are a little sketchy about him writing or whatever, but I I think he raps for real. Yeah. He raps. And he's one of the best. Yeah, I agree. I think he's one of the best. Easily. Um, I want to talk about he the... He talks that talk. He does. Yeah. yeah. I Big talk Sean about... talks that talk, too. He he does. Big Sean is nice. He there's is a nice. lot of people in that well, camp. Push up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Rappers. I'm going to look right into the camera. Mm-hmm. Rappers. Do not fuck with Pusha T. He has at least 30 verses for every single one of you <laughs> and all of y'all in his crew. He has verses for all of you. Trust me, I speak to him regularly. You don't want to do it with Pusha. Leave his name <laughs> out of all of you rappers' mouth. He is dangerous. That Exodus record was light work. Look, yeah. <laughs> fuck any record that he's done. I'm warning you now. We're cool. I'm glad I don't rap. Mm. Because if I rapped, I'd have a super chip on my shoulder. I'd talk about everybody. <laughs> and I would probably not want to really talk too much about Pusha T. Cause, because, yeah, because cause, yeah, cause he's still like like an underdog. So his his pen is... is mm. Lord Jesus, leave him alone, man. <laughs> you rappers don't want to fuck with him. Trust me, everybody backs away from Pusha if you haven't figured that out yet. He say something about you, they be like, nah, it's cool. I don't know if he was talking about me. What did he have to say? <laughs> he had to say your name for you to know. He damn near described your whole person. Yeah. Do you think that Drake actually was afraid? I don't know if he was afraid. I just knew it wasn't going to be simple. Mm-hmm. And I think he knew that. Like, you have to understand what's real is this. He was also super, super duper Clips fan. Mm-hmm. Like he admitted that like early. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was my. I sat around listening to this shit all the time. Well, Why? I mean, Drake listened to every, like everybody. Nah, but he was a super duper Clips fan. That that's common knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't. I I think out of pure just understanding that, you know, I don't. I'm not gonna say he was scared, but I just thought he was like, nah. Um, that tree is not to be balked up mm-hmm. because at the same point that that happened, he damn near was like, try me, try me, try me, God damn it, try me. <laughs> See, I think it's just like a timing thing. Like now that Drake is on like top, 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 top. I don't think he would do it with, with Pusha still. You don't think so? No. I don't think now. I don't well, think, if, it'd be if, worse now. Yeah. Yeah. If Pusha came at him now, I think Drake would come back. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be advantageous. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's not gonna do something that's gonna be worthy because that dude is nice. I'm not taking anything away from from Drake. Like yeah. he's a beast. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been saying that for damn near four five years. Like I heard him before he got with Lil Wayne and was yeah. like, he's gonna be somebody just yeah. off of lines. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Line for line. Like he says crazy shit. How does how does Drake material get to Clark Kent in you know, before he signs yeah, Lil Wayne. Like MySpace because, era. Not because I really do look for new music all the time. That's that's But I'm has not, has not, your game changed now that like YouTube is around or SoundCloud? Are you like going around the internet? Do I, people I, like are I they find, in your ear? I find everything. Like nobody can put me on to anything. Okay. Because I want to be so I say I'm God's favorite DJ. Yeah. And I think the reason why I say that is because you know, I think I approach the DJ game different than a lot of DJs. A lot of DJs love DJing. I don't love DJing. I love music. I love music way more than I love DJing. I just happen to be able to DJ really well. Right. So 
I look at it like I'm going to play these records, but I'm going to play some great records. So I got to keep searching for the greatest records all the time. Mm -hmm. So when I play, you walk away going, then he got busy. <laughs> so if you've only heard me one time, you can go, he gets busy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, there's no, I, I do my best to make sure I don't have a bad day mm -hmm. anywhere, any day. And then, you know, that's that. Yeah. So because I work to be that way, I, I have to be ahead of the music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so you'll you'll find it. Oh, I find everything. <laughs> like, think about it. I was playing something as simple as Bobby Shmurda before it was a vine. Mm -hmm. And then it was a vine. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not bugging. <laughs> and then it went crazy. Do I, like I said, do I think he's an amazing? Nah, that, it doesn't matter. He just made a record that was, it was too infectious. Yeah. He's not an MC, but he's a great nah. rapper. <laughs> He's a, he's a he made a great song. He made a great yeah. song. Yeah, you're right. What you got, B? Yeah, I want to talk about like the the geography of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. You know, like how so <laughs> so like <laughs> why do I feel like this is gonna be ridiculous? No, well, no, no. <laughs> no if you want to go ridiculous, I no, can no, do no, that. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that. Forget that. So I want to talk about. Um, we already talked about some some New York greats. <laughs> right. I really want to talk about some West Coast greats. Oh, here okay. we go. I want to talk about. You recorded a song with Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. Right. How was that? Uh, Speaking okay. of two MCs. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. What are y'all trying to do? All right, let me just say this. Shaquille O'Neal, one, was my friend since LSU. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's been my friend. Like, yeah. How'd you meet him? He, uh, no, he was Shaquille O'Neal. He's from Jersey. Yep. And... He came to WBLS one day while I was on the station. Really? And he was this he was this this college phenom. And he comes into the DJ booth while I'm there and he has this Superman ring that damn near looked like it was made of tin. He was like <laughs> and his words exactly, I'm the real Superman. <laughs> right? And I was like, yo, dead serious, dead serious. I was like, you play your ass off, but you ain't the real Superman. <laughs> and he was like, nah man, I was just playing, man. Yo, it's an honor to meet you. And from that day on, like, we were friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Switched numbers, whatever. He got drafted. He came, went to Orlando. And we were just friends. So, like, I would be down there. And he was like, he wanted to make records. And, you know, I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> but, you know, then he would make records. And then I was like, well, damn, you're not that bad. Right. But like, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So, when it came around, like, I, like I had made some records, some records, like, a, like in between and, he was always like, oh, you're never going to work with me. And I was just like, I, whatever you want, Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Because we were spending time as friends and not music. Yeah, yeah. And we had the same management. You know what I'm saying? Okay. His manager was my manager yeah. at that time. And it was just like, we're going to make some records or not. And then, so we just started to make some records. And, you know, um, Kobe was rapping. Kobe was... Mm -hmm. I mean, he well, he was rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you can't say he wasn't rapping, and you can't say that he was whack because I, he wasn't. It's just that you know the super lyrical, miracle, biblical MCs. <laughs> like you're really an MC at that point. I looked at him like, "Dog, you play basketball, right. and you're amazing." Yeah. yeah. Why you want to do this? Yeah. Like, who was like, writing for Kobe? Nobody. It, really? Well, see, nobody. That's a problem. And that was the problem. Yeah. Look, I'll say that. Here's here's how much. I know about Kobe's rap career. I was interning at a music video company and Hype mm -hmm. shot the video for his song with Tyra. With Tyra, yeah. So I got to sit in there while they edited it. So I, I heard that one song just a lot, right? Yeah. And Tyra was there, which was the greatest thing ever, yeah. by the way. Right. Um, 
And she did tell us this was right after Kobe met Vanessa on on the shoot, mm-hmm. and she was like, "This is not gonna work." She told the like the three or four of us in the room, and we're just like, "Okay." And then obviously they have their ups and downs. But anyway, heard a lot of a lot of that song. That's not a good song. No, that wasn't a good song. But he had better songs. Okay, it's just that if if you're not if you're not like like a rapper, like if you're a basketball player and you're trying to do the rap thing, it's almost like impossible to come in on some super hard rap shit, super lyrical, gifted rap shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? But he was one of those lyrical miracle rappers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's the style he wanted to make. The song wasn't that style, so it just didn't come off right because that's not who he was. Right. right. So, so you can't really fault him for what you what you heard. Plus. He just shouldn't have been a rapper. He should have been a basketball player. As we all can see, he's sure. top five. <laughs> top five. So, top five. So you got, you got those two on one song. Absolutely. Who was better? Who was better? On that song. Probably bar for bar might have been Kobe, maybe. Really? Wow. Might have been. I mean, if you understood the bars. Like, he was, he was going for – he was, he was rhyming. Doing he deep. was trying – he was yeah. trying to rhyme. He was real. doing rap genius. Like, yeah, like I want you to look it up, rhyme, wind like, look it up back. And see what the fuck I'm talking about rhymes. And it's like, the thing is, you don't look at what he's saying because seriously. it's Kobe. Yeah, right. It's Kobe. You know, I gave you the opportunity. We could have talked about Brooklyn geography, <laughs> but instead you were like, oh, you want to do some funny shit? Yeah, I'll do some funny shit. Let's get to Brooklyn geography. We were talking before we started recording about the locks a little bit. Mm-hmm. When did you first meet those guys? Uh, Jazzo. Jazzo introduced me to them. They were the Warlocks. Yeah. I met them in a studio while Jazz was making records on them. And were you like, yo, these guys are nice? Absolutely. Listen, Jazzo showed them to me. Yeah. So Jazzo, yeah. easily, like, fuck all the crazy shit that happened. Mm-hmm. Easily. One of the best MCs ever. Ever. One more time. Ever. Like, dudes <laughs> don't rhyme better than Jazz. Yeah. No. Like, still. Like, if he feels like it, that pen just is stupid. Like, mm. extra, extra, extra stupid. I said he introduced me to the locks. Yep. But he introduced me to Hove first. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sorry. If Good he track record. Me, if he yeah. says, yo, come hear this MC, I'm going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go. I'm coming in. Oh, we, they're in there? Let's hear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they were the locks. And yeah. the locks are fucking amazing. And did you know that their sort of route would take them to Bad Boy at that point? No, because I was surely trying to make sure that they came to Motown when I was there. <laughs> like, I tried to sign Mace. I tried to sign uh, The Locks. I tried to sign Missy Elliott. I oh. tried to sign uh, Shine. I tried to sign Foxy. So I tried wait, to sign Jay. Clark Kent couldn't close. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not that. I, 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 I could close. Yeah, I, signed, I signed 98 Degrees. Did you really? Yeah, how about that? I mean, wait, no, but wait. You didn't sign no, the locks. I, no, <laughs> no, now no, I have, no, now I have 98 understand. questions. How did you wait, wait, hold on. sign 98 Think about this. Think about this. I was at Atlantic Records. I was trying to sign Jay. Mm-hmm. They were like, we don't get it. Okay, well, fuck it. <laughs> I tried to sign Nas. They were like, he doesn't have a demo. Oh, okay, fuck it. Try to sign Akinelli. They were like, ah, okay, you can sign Akinelli. And then we lost it to Interscope, which was still signed to Atlantic. So whatever. I got a whole bunch of questions. Why didn't, why didn't they trust you? Why didn't they? Also, um, why didn't Nas, you couldn't get Nas, Nas to make a demo? A, no, it's not that I couldn't get him to make a demo. It's just that when he came, he was with Akinelli. Yeah. And Ak was like, I was like, this dude is Snuff Jesus. I need him. 
He was like, yo, clock. Well, that's why we're here. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. Where's the demo? Oh, I don't have a demo. Oh. <laughs> no, and I, the it, window was that short? That no, it, the window was that small because yeah. at that time, you don't get a record deal without a demo. Hmm. And right before that, DOS Effects is signed. So he thought I didn't give him a deal because DOS Effects. I was like, no, you don't have a demo. And I said it in the meeting. I was like, yo, you need a demo. You give me a demo, you're signed. Damn. I, I believed it right. that I would sign him. You know what I'm saying? But no demo. I couldn't sign him. It goes on to do what he's going to do with Lost Professor, and they go to, they go to search or whatever. Yep. But Nas. And I, then after that, I was like, I got to find Jay. Yeah. I just, I just got to find him. And I found him and forced him to rap, and, or should I say begged him to rap. Yeah. And then um, put him <laughs> on every fucking remix I was doing. I'm, motherfucker's going to know. Yeah. You motherfuckers going to know. Yeah. And nobody wanted to sign us. They did, just wouldn't do it. It's crazy. Were there no, any... I, actually, I thought it was probably the most amazing thing that could have happened. Oh, no, sure. Worry, don't yeah. Fucking deal. I cool. think Jay's doing Now okay. we're just going to put yeah. a foot on yeah. your neck. Yeah. You know? um, are there any remixes that Jay did that did not come out? Nah. Every, every remix that I did that I put Jay on came out. And at least ten of them, five of them that I did, the rhymes were so good. If they went and took the rhymes and put it back on the original versions. Like, can we borrow those? <laughs> put them over on this one, too? He he was just scorching. What went wrong with the Missy deal? Uh, they, uh, he just didn't see it. The boss didn't see it. Who was the boss? Andre Harrell. Oh. Who, oh, Motown, who, right, yeah. With all, due, with all due respects, who is one of the the geniuses yeah, yeah, in yeah. the game? Like, yeah. mm, all of that shit at Uptown is Andre and Puff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, can't take none away from him. It's just that I don't think this moment was 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 for him. Like, how do you say, like, no to Jake? Sure. And he said no to Jake. Because, like, when I didn't get him signed at, at Atlantic, I was like, fuck it, I quit. Really? Because nobody would sign him. I was like, oh, yeah, motherfuckers are crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? East, I was I was in our East, West, and Atlantic at the same time. And I was like, we got to do this. And they were like, get it i was like well fuck all y'all <laughs> not really fuck all y'all but like y'all don't, y'all are bugging right yeah and then uh I, I quit and then andre was like oh shit motherfucker you ain't got no job come over here and work with me motherfucker you my man <laughs> now yeah then understand i know andre since he was making rap records yeah like i know him forever yeah and he was like motherfuckers ain't what that on stand come on come on we a clock let's do this go to motown all right he goes to motown the next day he hires me i'm like okay fuck it <laughs> yo look what i got the next day, I was like, Hove, ain't that this nigga that skinny dude will be on a boat? And I was just like, yes. <laughs> he was like, Clark, I don't get it. And I was like, I said it to him that day. I said, why the fuck did you hire me? And he was like, Clark, it's not, that's not the one. I'm like, nigga, <laughs> it's the one. How did- like, now understand me. A couple of weeks after that, shit starts to go down with Def Jam or whatever. And the song gets on this soundtrack. Ain't no nick. Mm-hmm. We're at Impact Music Convention. Our parties, Motown parties, be- anything Andre Harrell party, mm-hmm. best parties on the planet. We have a party at Impact. Me, Turntables, Andre Host. Who's on the mic? Kenny Burns. He's my little brother. Yeah, I put yeah, him on yeah. the mic. Come on, Kenny. What's the record that plays 30 times that night? Ain't no nick. <laughs> Andre Harrell comes up to the DJ booth. I fucked up, right? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> you fucking fucked up. Yes, you fucked up. Because now we ain't got no chance. 
why was there no – I want to get to the 98 degrees thing in a second. <laughs> I, I'm not forgetting about that. Ask yeah. it now, Dan. So okay, so let's talk about 98 degrees. Okay. How did you find the Lachey brothers, the bald one, and the other one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a demo came in. And oh. because, like I said – You actually listen to demos? Listen, if Nas had a demo, <laughs> he could have been 98 no, degrees. I tried to sign Mob Deep. Really? Wait, no we're, not getting, no, we're not getting off yeah, on, yeah, on 98 Mob degrees. Deep. Then we'll get <laughs> no, to Mob no, Deep. No, but yeah. understand me. J, Mob Deep, Nas. Not bad. What the fuck? Not <laughs> but, like, I'm the guy trying to sign all of them way before everyone else. When there was peer pressure in and they didn't want to be on their label no more, I was like, come with me. We're going to sign you over to Atlantic. Wow, I you're gave like, Dame as a manager. You know who you are? You're you, Shook Knight. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, <laughs> wait, no, there's not so like much. That. Hold on, hold on. No, no. Okay, hold on. Real quick, before we get back to 98 degrees, and we will get to 98 degrees, you, you brought Dame to Jay. Yeah, for sure. I also brought Mob Deep to Dame. Dame used to manage Mob Deep. Really? Really? Yes. Dame and a, and a girl named Keisha. Keisha was their original manager. I brought them to Dame and was like, yo, co-manage. Like, do it. Where, where's Keisha? I don't know. <laughs> she became Keisha Cole? Oh, no, no. no. She didn't do that. Not at all. You introduced Dame to Jay. Yes. Did you know that Dame would be good for him for a yes, period of time? Yes, because he was relentless. Did you ever think that maybe it could go badly? No, because I had given Dame a record deal for two, for Original Flavor and for the Future Sounds, and his attitude towards doing it um, was relentless. Like, and it's not even like he had the best artist at that moment. It's just that his attitude towards his artist was, oh, you're you're just not going to like sit down you want you want everything so to me it took somebody with that type of uh attitude who also knew the streets that that could you know halfway like even begin to have the conversation in a respectful manner with someone like jay so i was just like i'm gonna show you an artist you should manage and i'm i was and i straightforwardly said he's the best mc in the world he was just like Nigga, we got Big L uptown. And I was like, trust me, he's the best. And he met him, and that was that. But it was Dame's attitude towards um, the, 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 the business and doing the business. He just, if he believed, he was going to go all the way. I think, I think everybody recognizes the genius in Dame, but... but Obviously, on a personal level, he can take things a little left and what and <laughs> Dame Dash and and get on people's nerves. And if you're working with him on a daily basis, you may not as as Justice talked about, mm-hmm. um, as a lot of guys have talked about. You know, you see the sort of dark side to things. Well, see, here's here's the thing: the the business that Dame was doing, he damn near did all of the business with his crew and with his friends. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like Jay was an artist. Like, they really had to be friends to get to that point. And Dame was my friend first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, we did business on the record-making thing. But, like, as soon as I met Dame, before I gave him a record deal, we did parties together. Like, immediately, we became very, very cool. I used to hang out uptown. So, hanging out with a dude in Harlem never meant nothing special to me. But I hung out with Dame in Harlem mm-hmm. on his block. His whole block respected me. His old block showed me love. I know all of the best out. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to be up there with him. It was no, I'm from Brooklyn, I'm going to be scared to go to Harlem. No, I'm sorry. I used to go to Harlem before y'all went outside. <laughs> so I can be cool with y'all like that uptown. And 
you know, so the Dame I, respects your your fashion sense. Uh, absolutely, okay. we had tons of arguments about fresh. It's just that <laughs> you know I was fresh before I met Dame. So, you know, like <laughs> that's real. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about Dame uh, and my fresh is the fact that he really thought that I was from Harlem because of how much fresh I was. And he just believed everybody fresh was from Harlem, which he was dead wrong. And I proved it to him. Anyway, but um, yeah, that's that. You mentioned Mob Deep. Yeah. When when they came and knocked on your door, their album was done, and they were about to sign. To they were signing the Fourth and Broadway, but they were like they didn't want to be. And then I was like, well, let's try to get them off. But the record had to come out because it was being signed already. They had something about them. I, the first record I ever heard on them, like this was before it came out, was Peer Pressure. And I was like, I like these dudes. And then Tip used to talk to me about them. And so did Lars Professor. I was very tight with Lars Professor back then. That's why I knew about Akinelli. That's yeah. why I knew about mm-hmm. oh, everybody early. And um, I used to work in Power Play Studio, too. Yeah. That made it even more simple. Yeah. Paul C was there. Yep. Lars Professor was there. Lars Professor was there working with Rakim. And um, it, like I was, I was around and seen it all. So. Yeah. I was cool with everybody. So he would tell me, like, nah, these, these little dudes, little <laughs> dudes, little dudes, little dudes. And so, yeah, so Keisha came and she sat down with us and she was talking. And I was like, yeah, you should let Dame help you manage them. And tried to get them off and tried to get them signed. And it just didn't work out. But, like, I knew it, like, when I heard peer pressure. Um, this was before they re- made a record. So let's jump forward a couple of years. You're on stage at Summer Jam. Yeah. You you were at rehearsals, I'm sure. Absolutely. You knew what was going on. Yeah, I mean, but that that was a different time. And there was shots being shot around. Yeah. So it's like, you, you know, look, I don't care about what happened. You know what I'm saying? The bottom line was, I was cool with Mob Deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's that. I was cool with Nas. And that's that. But I'm this guy's DJ. Yeah. I'm this guy's producer. And this is my crew. Yeah. So you roll with your crew. Like, after all of that happened and everything went away, I produced one of Nas's shows. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm a show. we're going to put a new show together for you. And, like, he looked at me crazy when we were doing it and was like, are you going to surely make me a good show? Because, <laughs> you know, I know this is your man. I was like, first of all, I don't have to do this. You know what I'm saying? I could still just sit around and do shows with Puff. And Jay, mm-hmm. and just do stuff, do other stuff. I don't have to make a show with you. Like, really, I just don't. Yeah. But I think you're dope. So I think you deserve a dope show. So let's do it. That's awesome. And the show was crazy. Just for the record, and we've talked about this before, throughout that whole beef, I refused to listen to Nas. Yeah. Like, I had we no skin in personally. the game. Yeah. I really did choose sides. I was like, I'm just going to listen to Jay. And I did. Um, all right, so, so when... When when you're in rehearsals or Jay's like bringing the idea to you and you're I'll coordinating put everybody on the summer jam screen, yeah, and you're coordinating this and you hear the record, what are you thinking? Like, what's this has never been done before? And oh. by the way, this is like this is when Hot ninety seven summer jam is scorching hot. This is yeah. the event. You have to understand, like what happened that same day. We brought Michael Jackson out. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> like you know, like just knowing that we're bringing Michael Jackson out, it's like what was going to happen before didn't even. Like, motherfucker, we're going to end all summer jams because we're going to bring out Michael Jackson. Like, dudes in the front row that were thugs that would have took your chain were screaming when they saw Michael Jackson. 
like bitches. Well, which which version? The eight year old prodigy version or <laughs> the grown up Michael Jackson? No, the Michael Jackson that was hot at that precise moment. That was Michael Jackson at that mm-hmm. precise moment. We brought out Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like everybody was bugging. Yeah. Like we were bugging and we knew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like how you, how far in you, advance was that planned? Like maybe a day. That wasn't that wasn't too much advance on that because he's Michael Jackson. How you know? How you sure you're gonna get? Who him? made that phone call, by the way? Uh, Hove. Wow. That's a Hove call. Wow. I mean, he had made a record with him. Yeah, but that's who else is gonna make that call? I'm gonna be like, Yo, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would call Mister Jackson. No, I'd call him Mike because I knew him and I met him and I've been in studios with him when Big recorded with him. I was there, like so. No, you were good, <laughs> and he knew who I was when I was in that studio. So then, session, yes, you could have made that is amazing. You could have made the phone call. Yeah, but I wouldn't have. <laughs> I'd have been like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, Michael Jackson. Like, just, see, to me, again, like I, all I can think is the music. So, and I'm knowing if he's not performing, I don't give a fuck if he's on stage. Yeah. But then once it happened, it was like, <laughs> "Oh shit! Look at all of the thugs. They're crying." They're crying. They're acting like bitches in the front row. Like, like everybody, everybody, even dudes who was with us was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just like, this shit is crazy. This is just fucking crazy. And then, and then the Summer Jam screen, though. Yeah, but that was beforehand. Right, right, right. But, so it erased it. But, but, I mean, it didn't. But it but didn't. It did. Yeah. Yeah. That's become, like, Summer Jam screen has become its own, its yeah, own it's, it's phrase. It's yeah. crazy. It's a verb. Yeah, it's right. Action. It's an action. Yeah. It's definitely an action. Don't make yeah. me put you on that Summer Jam screen. <laughs> oh, City Summer Jam screen to me. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know. Nothing can ever touch that. Now, nothing will ever touch it. That's... Even though even though Drake did the meme shit. Right. He, but that came he, from. It, if there was no Summer Jam screen, there would be no meme. But you know what I do think is fucking amazing? What's and, that? And at, especially precisely at this moment. And I mentioned it to somebody, and they were just like, I didn't even look at that shit like that. Drake has his own Summer Jam. Yeah. 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 Don't fuck with nobody with no. their own summer jam. He was like, oh shit, what happened? Oh wait, oh what? <laughs> oh, we oh I was waiting for this moment. I'm telling you, he was I'm telling you, he has seven records He's, ready, man. Yeah. And he has records for all of dudes who's down with him. Yeah. So like he has a record for Russ. He does. He's I mean, like but Russ, Russ would never. It's not that he would. He's just thinking peripheral. He's like Wale, <laughs> Ross, Stally, Gunplay. I got records for all of them, and, and all of them dudes signed the Dream Chasers. That's the way he's, he's got thinking. one for Pill. Well, listen, <laughs> listen to this. Every, he's got records for dudes who was down. All yeah. right, here. How about this? Jeff and I have heard diss records by artists that have never released them. We've heard them. Mm-hmm. What's what's? Can you say any that you've heard? Okay, there was a record. <laughs> it never came out because out of respect for. The fact that he died. Yeah. Um, Jay did a record going at Pac. But right as it was about to come out, son died. Wow. We performed it, though. Yeah? Where'd you perform it? Performed it once. And, he, and you have to understand, like, the chip on Jay's shoulder is so crazy that it's just like he had to perform it. We was at the Apollo. Wow. We was at the Apollo, and he performed it, and it was scathing. Like, crowds was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, it was super hard. Wow. Super hard. Like, <laughs> if he was alive, there would have been no coming back. Like, nothing. It, it, like, going into, it, like, super ugly no, territory? It, no, no. This was so tough. 
Like it to me, it, it probably was like one of the hardest diss records I've ever heard. It's because we were like, what the fuck we got to do about this with this shit? Why y'all why you you know what I'm saying? And oh boy. <laughs> When's the last time you heard it? We only heard it maybe like three or four times. We heard it before when it was made, and then we heard it at the show and then it went away. Wow. So but you don't actually like have a copy of it. Super tough, huh? You don't actually have a copy. I don't. Of it. I didn't want a copy. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't. I like didn't want a copy because, nah, because I know I would have been compelled to figure out how to play it because it was nasty. What did NWA mean to you? They were the shit. They were so anti everything. Like, it, damn man, I'm old. <laughs> it makes this 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 me talking about this is gonna make me feel old. I used to DJ at a at a, at a uh, I was Dana Dane's DJ. Yeah. Yes. And we DJed and we performed in LA a lot. So every time we performed in LA, I made sure I got booked at a club. Mm-hmm. And the club wasn't even like a club. It was a skating rink. It was called World on Wheels. But it was bananas though. It was bananas. Yeah. So I'm there. I'm playing. Tony G is playing. Tony G is is legendary LA DJ and so I know about Easy E early mm. everybody in New York was like the fuck are you playing I'm like man <laughs> this motherfucker is killing it then NWA mm. you know like I'm, I mean understand me like I'm dope man and and boys in the hood and mm-hmm. those records were on fire and I'm coming back to New York, and they're going, we don't play that shit. The fuck is wrong with you? Like, I, And what's crazy is I got people who were important in the music business that would stand here and go, Clark broke West Coast rap. Because I was in clubs out here playing NWA, Eazy-E, fucking Ice-T, even though ice T's from Jersey. Mm. I was playing all of that West Coast shit in clubs, and people were going, what the fuck are you doing? But I was like, nah, B, the record's crazy. <laughs> you can't you can't tell a motherfucker dope man ain't dope. Undeniable. You can't. You can't You can't tell somebody, now nah, you ought to know by now, Easy does it isn't dope. It's yeah. just dope. Yeah. So NWA was like, they were like a gang on records. Yeah. They were like a gang on records who just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just It just didn't seem like they cared. And they were just like, we're just going to talk our shit. Mm-hmm. And they were like the <laughs> they were like the anti-public enemy. You know what I'm saying? Because they were a public enemy without being politically conscious. That, or conscious, they were like being politically we don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. And and it was it was just a shit. They were doing what everybody really wanted to do because they didn't have no rules. Mm. They wanted to talk about the streets that well. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't. And it didn't matter who was a dope MC or not. It was it all that matters was how these records sound. <laughs> them records? Jesus. I still tell people, NWA, um, Hundred Miles and Running, mm-hmm. uh, their first what was their first album? Um what is the name of the first album? NWA is? NWA's first Straight album. Out Straight Out of Compton. Yeah. yeah. America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cube's. Uh, well, Ice Cube is America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. 100 Miles and Running. That's. What, oh my God. 100 Miles and Running. Those. That group of records and, and Easy E's first Boys in the Hood. Those records were so crazy. They're not good records. They're amazing records. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, imagine. 
you're from New York. You understand Grandmaster Kaz, yeah. Kane, Rakim. You understand the greatest of the greatest MCs, but these dudes are doing records that affect you mm. differently. Because you're like, damn, I wanted to say that shit. <laughs> but we don't drive 90. We don't drive in old school cars, and we can't really talk that shit. So what that shit was was a very clear and descriptive picture of the shit that we wanted to see without being able to see it, but I saw it. Mm. I got arrested in L.A. for wearing a fila suit. You because did? Really? Because you couldn't wear fila suits. I was jaywalking, and I had a fila suit on. I got arrested for the fila suit because it was gang paraphernalia. Which gang? It, it didn't matter. It but was gang like, paraphernalia it because it was and blue, blue and red. Yeah. They were like, well, what set you claiming? I'm like, I'm from, from Brooklyn. So you were claiming both. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't claiming shit. I just was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And this is like the first time I'm there. I'm like, so from that point on, like you got, uh, God bless DJ AM. Like mm-hmm. later on in life, AM came to pick me up from a hotel one day because we're boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He comes to pick me up from a hotel one time and he was in the middle of the street. And he was like, why you walk to the corner? I'm right here. I was like, I'm not fucking getting arrested <laughs> out here ever again. He was like. What? I was like, yo, before you came here, I got arrested <laughs> for fucking crossing the street in the middle of the street with a fucking fila suit on. Um, have you seen the DJ AM movie? No, I and, haven't. And are you – we spoke to Alchemist, and he was sort of like on the fence as to whether he wanted to see it. I don't think I'm, he did want to see it. Yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a little on the fence too because um, I, don't, I don't know how they're going to tell a story about him. Or I don't know what, what the story – I just know that – he was a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I would hate to see it not depicted properly. Because, like, even Stretch. Stretch is my boy. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, I walked out of that shit very sad. Yeah. And I was just like, well, maybe I'm glad I didn't get an invite. Yeah. But then he was like, you didn't get an invite? And I was like, no, I didn't. He was like, that doesn't even make sense. you supposed to. Like, that's your boy. And I'm just, maybe they didn't see it that way. Mm. Have you seen the NWA movie? No. Straight out of Compton. I had I had um tickets to the premiere, but my mom is sick, so I had to take it to the hospital. Gotcha. I was going though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, we just saw it. We saw yeah. it. It's really, really good. Like it's not like notorious or you know, like it's it's yeah. really good. It's really it's really good. I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's, yeah. they, they did a really great job. I, th- I think why I'm looking forward a little bit more is because I really saw them happen from the beginning. I used to see Dre playing clubs. I I saw in the I, I world class wrecking crew like I yes I saw Dre playing clubs I know all of that like, yeah we we go a long way back I was with Dr Dre when he met DOC wow it, I was playing a, a um a skating rink in Dallas and he was performing with Easy E Easy E was performing and he was DJing for Easy E and I um DOC was in a crew called the Feel Our Fresh Crew. That, and they had their first record, and they gang affiliated. Fila, yeah, you a clown. Man. But he was from Dallas, so yeah, yeah, he was from Dallas. Yeah. So we're there, and um, and they 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 got introduced on some like maybe you shouldn't be in this group. Wow, wow. And then we signed him to Atlantic. So I want to. Yeah. Um, I just had a long conversation with um with Uncle Luke, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he uh, got written out of the history books. He feels like. And I was wondering if you feel the same the way books and why. Rap? Yeah. 100%. If he's not in the history books of rap, he's getting written out the history books. The first real tour that I ever went on, Luke was on the tour. Really? Two Live Crew. Absolutely. Two Live Crew, Shadi, Dana Dane. When I was Dana Dane mm-hmm. DJ, mm-hmm. it was Two Live Crew, Shadi, um, I think Baby D. Um, 
And Luke was on that tour. And Wait, it before was you, before you get too amazing. Before you get too into it, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Yo, you Luke had, had a lot had a of memories. Yo, Luke had a club in Miami that yeah. was pure debauchery. Every time the door opened, yeah, it was insanity. But that that's what made it so like fucking dope. Like, and nothing, nothing sounded like anything else. Yeah, he down saying, there, it was the, their music sounded like their music, and the shit didn't sound the same. When you got out of Florida, you ain't hear none of that shit. But me, I'm a jackass. <laughs> so I was playing all of that crazy shit everywhere that I went because I was like, this shit going crazy in Florida. This shit, this Miami music is just crazy. I'm playing that shit. People were looking at me like, you might want to stop playing that. Like, no. Just me. Shadi and mother- these motherfuckers going to blow up. And he got uh, he got Biggie to go on in one of his uh, tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Bust a Nut. Yeah, yeah. Pause. Um, um, but what's it called? He was saying that Everybody from the East Coast did not fuck with him at all. Well, what's everybody? I mean, his everybody about, means does like, he mean like everybody. At the, at the time yeah. when it was first breaking, he was if saying he, that was like saying Fresh Prince time, wasn't fucking with him. Maybe like, not. All but what these I'm people. saying, that you, you're talking about when he was first breaking. That, but then you have to understand, like, not. It everybody, took like a generation. He said the music didn't get out of Florida. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when it started to, it was just like, oh, we were bugging. We didn't pay attention to this shit because the music wasn't as much music as it was a thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just not, you just didn't hear the music. You saw the whole thing. You saw a dude on stage with 20 strippers. Like, what do you mean? Like, that doesn't <laughs> even make sense. Like, how did you get them on stage? How are they taking their clothes off? How is all of this shit happening? How is, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? And whether you liked it or not, mm-hmm. if you saw it, you were a fan. And that's just what happened. Like, people were fans of the Luke show. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't go to Florida and book a show and not have Luke. He killed it. It wasn't even Luke. It was the two live crew. And Luke was just. The, yeah. the, the the label. He was the money. Do you get Christmas cards from the Cardinals? Well, no. Who? <laughs> from Jay Z and Beyonce? No. <laughs> no. no. I don't. I don't know what they do. I don't know. No, I, I, <laughs> did they make Christmas cards? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was hoping that maybe you yeah, would. Have we the haven't answer. gotten them. Yeah, I haven't gotten. They haven't them. sent us. Christmas Can you talk cards? to them and get us Christmas, Christmas? cards <laughs> next year? I'm not. I can't promise that. I could probably get myself a Christmas card. Like, how do I sound saying, "Hey"? Put me on that Christmas card list. <laughs> yeah. Yo, why ain't getting no Christmas cards, God? Foxy Brown is your cousin. Yes. Um, you said that you weren't able to sign her. Nope. Um, I want to know why that was. And I also want to know if you knew anything about... There was supposed to be an album with her and Kim yep. together there was. called Thelma and Louise. Yeah. But you have to understand, like, Junior Mafia, Foxy was going to be in Junior Mafia. Really? What? Why did that not happen? It just didn't. Huh. With, there, there was like, some differences. But they yeah. were okay, so they were cool at a certain point. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, but like yeah. even after like both of them had gotten big, like first yeah, there was no issues. Yeah, and but then there were issues. Right. Yeah, and that's because like um, they were going for like the girls. same. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they were going for like the same stylist and the same like just everything. Girls. It's just yeah, girls. Girls beef about totally different shit. Like dudes just beef about ego. ghost writers. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> If you look on the credits, you'll see there's no ghostwriting. The credits were the credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was no ghostwriting. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Shine, she, was, yeah. she was supposed to be in Junior Mafia. She would have been a mafia. 
How um how did she record with? No no no. Do you know my feet? Oh no no. I didn't get to that. Gotcha. One. What about the the Thumb and Louise record? Did they record never, together at no, all? No no. No, no. Um, no it's funny. I, I I I always felt like if anybody could make that record like actually happen, it probably it probably could have been me. And you just didn't pull the trigger. Um no, because it just would have taken just too much. Like I I. I was gonna. I actually had a deal for it, but I just couldn't make them see. It. I just couldn't make myself try to sit there and be like, <laughs> "You just gotta do this." Because like, if you would have a conversation with one, it would be like, "Nah, fuck that." Yeah. <laughs> Before you even get to it, so it's just like, no, I'm not. But there was a million dollars on the table. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, at some point, you know, just money just don't matter. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't matter. They just genuinely, it's not going to happen. Um, were they both supposed to come out during the Summer Jam thing? Yeah. Why didn't that happen? Uh, because because Foxy had to go to the bathroom or some stupid shit like that. But I helped with that. Because Fab's my boy. So I yeah. yeah. Fab killed Summer Jam. Yeah, but th- this was like three this years ago. Two years, two two years ago? Year. Two years yeah. ago, yeah, because I was in Canada and I was on phone with Fab like, Yo, son, she's not this. Yo, make her. Yo, why isn't she? It's my name, so I, I, I did whatever. For, when it when it comes to Fab, it, like because we're so like cool, like away from all of this shit. Because mm-hmm. like people probably can't see that we're cool, but like we're super cool. So when we talk, it's like I'm talking to my little brother. So mm. it's, like it's whatever for Fab. So when he was like he had this idea, I'm like, well, I'm just gonna help you. Let's so let's figure it out. So the fact that they were even in the same building and it was going to happen was kind of crazy. It's just that something happened with the timing and she wasn't next to the stage. Mm. Yeah. Soon as Fab got off stage, yo, Clark, what the fuck? I'm in Canada. Mm. Yo, man. Um, <laughs> yo, I look crazy. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then I'm like, Inga was, Inga, Inga was really uh, like kind of hurt by it uh-huh. that she didn't get to do it. She like, she was... Very hurt because she was like she was willing to do it. She's like fuck everything. Mm-hmm. You have to understand. Like if they, what if they just decide we're gonna put bars together on records? They rhymed on the same record before. You know what I'm saying on the total remix. They mm-hmm. rhymed on that mm-hmm. shit together, and they both were bananas. Yeah. Imagine if you could have an album full of that. Yeah, you couldn't make it happen. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 uh, they, they were yes. Foxy's my family, but like Kim is like family. Mm-hmm. You know what yep. I'm saying? So if you say my name to Kim, she's going, oh, that's my big brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's going to come off like that. And it's not put on for rap. Like she's, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. can call her and say, do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we're, we're like, I'm from the beginning of her rap career. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like her first record she ever rhymed on was me. Her first feature on a record was me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, you're you're with us. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Like I said to Jay, listen to my cousin. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have to. It was another chick on that record. So she, you originally brought Shine to Jay, right? Not not necessarily. I just was introducing him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go the way it was supposed to go. <laughs> well, it, it, that's not my fault though. It's no, not my fault. It's um, you know. It was it was Shine's like intro. Yes. Yeah, it was. He was like, "Yo, no disrespect. I'm the best nigga in the world. I'm the best nigga around." And he was like, 
He's like, oh? He was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> he handled it so well, though. He was just like, word. <laughs> See, and if you know Jay, this mm -hmm. isn't just this. It's fuck out of here with that bullshit, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. and, they, and you can feel it in the tap. So yeah. Like, his Jay's somewhere. But he, like, there. literally, like, Shine gives him the demo. And he gives him the demo, and Jay gets in the car, and this is, like, after. The party's over. Jay's driving away, and he just flings the shit out the window. I'm just oh. like, <laughs> <laughs> He didn't see that happen. I did. I was just like, God damn. He didn't even listen to him. His whole demo was him rhyming the Jay instrumentals. From beginning of the beat to the end. So if the instrumental was five minutes long, he rhymed from beginning to end. No breaks. And he was just so ill. He just wanted it. He's ill, though. He was ill. Yeah. And I loved Shine. Shine was how I did he, Shine. And then how did he get to, to Bad Boy? So. <laughs> so Diddy goes to the garbage can. No. Yeah, yeah. Fishes no, it out. No, yeah. no, no. I'm telling people, this motherfucker's really good. He's dope. Sylvia, she's like, I'm not going to let you tell me somebody's dope again. Sylvia Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not go with it. So I tell her. Call a lawyer right now. His lawyer's my lawyer. Okay, we're going to work this shit out. Fuck it. Fuck it. Go and sign. Mm -hmm. Shine going to get a deal. Shine is going to sign with Sylvia Rome. Yeah. It's Christmas time. We all go to St. Bart's. I'm doing parties for Puff. Sylvia's happy. She loves Clark because she's about to sign. Sylvia gets a little too happy. Mm. My man Clark <laughs> gave me some shit. I'm going to fuck your shit up this year, Puff. <laughs> the fuck she got the fuck you gave up I'm gonna stop man. I don't know what she's talking about <laughs> fine clock's lawyer <laughs> fuck these motherfuckers guys. what the fuck why I can't make a dip why I can't make a bid and the lawyer got it to him and when lo and behold we get back and he's signing <laughs> him <laughs> I was just like Sylvia yo why? You know this motherfucker can't sit well if he hears some shit. He's gonna find out. I just, I, you know what? Yeah, what Puff happened. wants, Puff gets. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, at that point, it, it's hard to say. I'm Puff Daddy. I'm gonna sign you the record deal. Oh, I'm Sylvia Ron. I'm gonna sign you a record deal. Puff Daddy at that moment was Puff. Daddy. Yeah, right, right. Like you're gonna go, even if it gives you two million less, you're gonna be like. That's Puff Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. I don't think I'm going with you. I'm going with him. It it just was gonna work out that way. So it is what it is. Man. I do I do That was a tough one. Cause I was like, Sylvia, you didn't take hold. Take this. Oh, this motherfucker's bad. Yes. <laughs> now Sylvia did end up signing Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott, yes, <laughs> yeah, Busta Rhymes, all yep. kinds of motherfuckers. No, but you didn't but have Missy anything. To do, yeah, I yeah. Do I'm just going for the ones yeah, that. Yeah, she signed Missy Elliott, and I would sit in the A and R meetings and be like, <laughs> well, "What's crazy is we were paying her to write songs." Yeah, why not? Like, like we're already paying her. Like, she wants a record deal. Give it to her, even if she doesn't work out. She's an amazing writer. So keep her for the writer. Just. As as we found out, a lot of things in the music industry are sort of backwards. And what <laughs> our music industry? No, um, look, wait, wait. Yeah. Look at Kanye. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kanye had produced a bunch of records before they were like, eh, 
They didn't want to sign him. No, and even when they did, they were just like, all right, yeah, like we'll just put down. like Cam yeah, like, yeah. on every song, <laughs> yeah, and that'll that'll be fine. Pull out, we're yeah. gonna give you a record deal, so you don't go nowhere else with all that hot music. Yeah, and then they was like. He, he was just like, fuck it, I got a deal, I'm gonna show y'all. Yeah. And then you were like, oh shit, he's serious. Yeah. He's really good. Really good. He rhymed through his, yep. his, his wire, wire? mouth. Yeah. That was fucking crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. I was like, I like this dude. Yeah. Um, I, I still, you know, I don't know what other people think, but every time I hear Can't Tell Me Nothing, uh-huh. to me, that that's Kanye's moment. That's when it, I'm just like, no one can tell me somebody wrote that. Right. That's all Kanye. He's talking too much on that for it not to be. And to yep. me, if you run into trouble with that guy, that guy is going to come get you. Yeah. That guy. That guy on Can't Tell Me Nothing, he's the one you're going to end up battling. He's going to smash so, your camera. Yeah, like <laughs> that guy is the guy who's going to battle you. Not yeah. the 808 Heartbreaks, not the anybody else, not the all-day nigga. No. The dude on Can't Tell Me Nothing, he's going to come get your ass. But remember, like, he was battling Common. Yeah, he was doing all kinds of shit. Years ago. But it wasn't really battling. No. <laughs> Motherfucker fuck with the Kanye. At this moment, that's the Kanye they're going to get. Yeah. I don't think he's ready, though, like everybody else is. But if you really fuck with Kanye enough, like, that's the Kanye that's going to come get you. Mm-hmm. That ain't, can't tell me nothing, Kanye, man. That, that's a moment. 98 Degrees. How did they come across yeah, your desk? The streets... Are, are I don't asking? think the streets are asking shit. Before <laughs> I'm just going to say, I got a demo. And like I clearly said from the beginning, I listen to everything. Everything. So it came on the on my desk, pause, and I listened. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, these dudes can sing their ass off. So I called up the dude who managed them. Dude who managed them used to manage the old Cool J. I was like, yo, these motherfuckers are Wait, dope. what? Oh, Johnny Wright? No. No, um, I don't know. Paris Dijon. Okay. So I'm like, yo, who the fuck are these dudes? He was like, oh, I'm going to just bring them. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, fuck, we have more Five Motown? minutes later. No. <laughs> I'm like, I got another, boys. I come in. I'm done. Like, I'm going to shit on the game. Wait, you thought that they were black? I didn't know what the fuck they were. <laughs> I just knew that they were amazing. If you heard the demo, you'd be like, oh, these motherfuckers are amazing. You would think you had another boys to men. You know why? I'm at Motown. Who's bringing white boys? Who is bringing white boys is right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> but they didn't bring white boys. It just got sent. So I listened. And I didn't know what it was. And Paris Dijon brings them from wherever the fuck they were. And I was like, yo, who's, who are these dudes? <laughs> He's like, this is 98 Degrees. I was like, no, fuck no. <laughs> and then they stood there and did an acapella. And I was like, oh, shit. Were, what were they wearing? I don't fucking remember. Nah, like, you're they, a guy they, who knows everything about clothes. Yeah, but like obviously it wasn't enough for me to remember. It wasn't wasn't fila jumpsuits. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I was asking if they were in a gang. <laughs> no, they weren't in a gang. No, the gang of the gang of ninety eight. Yeah, but I heard them, and I was just like, "Fuck!" Now I'm conflicted now because they're amazing in front of me. They're amazing on the tape, and I work at Motown Records. Right, it's probably the, the blackest of all black labels. But then I start doing my remembrance. Wait a minute. Rare Earth. White boy group. Signed mm-hmm. to Motown. Yep. I'm calling Andre. Yeah. <laughs> now I got something to, 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 to back me up to call him. Yeah. Yo, come, come fucking listen to this <laughs> shit. He comes in the room telling you I got it. He's like, fuck are these dudes? Like, like straightforwardly, <laughs> what the fuck are these dudes? Just, just listen. They sing. He's like, oh, shit. Go get my mother. Yo. 
they left and he was like, how the fuck are you going to do four white boys, four white boys on Motown? I was like, Rare Earth was on Motown. He was mm. just like, he's like, my nigga, if you can make a record on, he's like, my nigga, if you can make a record on these motherfuckers, we good. I was like, I have to sign them. I have to because they can sing their ass off. And I, all I really care about is talent. Yeah. If you got talent, we gonna find the songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I signed them the day after Invisible Man song came on my desk. I was like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> and there was these two dudes out in Canada. So I was like, look, I need to record this song. Can you send me all the files on it? Send me the, he sent me three ADATs, and I gave it to the group. I said, record this song. Hmm. She came back, and I was like, Andre, this is the first one. And he was just like, what the f- oh my God, shit is beautiful. I was like, yes. We're going to go fucking gold with this record right now. They had a budget. At that time, in the, in the, moment, in the span of time that Andre was at, at uh, Motown Records, that's the only album that came out under budget. Wow. The only album. Like everything else went over budget except this one album. They didn't just like make up a bunch of shit, just no, like throw it on top. No, 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 no. It was the only album that came out under budget, and it was a smash. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, but they were they were all like, but it, what the thing was around the game was, you signed a, a white boy group. Like, how did you sign a white boy group? And my answer will always be, I just look for the talent. Mm-hmm. I don't look for affiliation. I don't look for who you're down with. I don't look for who produces you. All I care about is the talent. If you got talent, I'm going to find a song. And the song was undeniable. I want to know uh, if you have any good 50 Cent stories because you produced Fuck You. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here's – I've known 50 for a really long time, like mm-hmm. way before anything. Like when he first got down with Jam Master J, I already knew him. We're cool. Cool as shit, too. Mm-hmm. I'm up at Bear, Bearsville Studio recording Slick Rick's album. Cause I, I, when he came home from jail, I did his album. Whoa! And um, in the other room was Trackmasters. Yeah. And you know we friends. Yeah. Like so, we're always back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I go in there and like I see Fifty and we talking. He's got the the, the chain with the quarters in it. I'm like, it's my man. <laughs> with, with the fifty cent pieces in it. I'm like, it's my man. How you know Fifty? I'm like, I know Fifty before y'all. Yeah. What you talking about? Yeah. Anyway, there's some records playing. Nobody says who they are, and I'm like. Fuck y'all producing Mace? <laughs> and 50 got mad as shit. He was like, I fucking told y'all, man. I fucking told y'all. Because he sounded, the, they had him sounding like Mace. Mm-hmm. And he sounded like Mace. And I was like, nigga, that ain't the way you rap. <laughs> and he was like, I told y'all. And days later, Flatline, How to Rob, mm. all kinds of shit. I was just like, that, like days later? Because we, we, I was back in New York. And uh, I went into the studio to do something for um, Charlie Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I was doing Charlie Baltimore's record. And in the next room, 50's there with, uh, with, with Derek Angeletti. And he mm-hmm. was like, listen to this record, How to Rob. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. He was like, you made me mad that day, Clark. You made me mad. I was like, I ain't make you mad. That's how you rap. You know what I'm saying? Because if you listen to the record he made with Jam Master J, he rapped like that. He rapped hard. He's a hard rapper. So Hot Around comes out, everybody goes bananas, and I'm just like, I knew that. Like, I, but the day we was in the studio, he was mad as shit. Like, motherfuckers gonna be saying, I was just like, I didn't even know that was you, bro. So don't take it, don't take offense to it. He was like, I told you, motherfuckers. Sure enough, man. And um, 
So it was that was funny to me because I was like, that don't sound like you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, I just was like, that ain't you. Mm. I had a couple of my peoples with me. They was like, that's not the dude that you told. That's not the 50 from. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. I don't get it. But sure enough, days later, how to rob Flatline and a couple other joints. Like, immediately. Yeah. It's like he just immediately became the person he is. Amazing. Because he was always that person. Um, one other thing. I just want to talk about Joe Hooker. Hold on. Damn, Joe Hooker. <laughs> Fuck you, get that from? <laughs> You guys are foul. <laughs> 50. All right? The Fuck You song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Fuck You song, the original version is Sauce Money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Spade, a kid named Joel Marquis, and 50 was going to do one verse. Right? It was for an album I was doing for, for Virgin Records. 50 comes to the studio and goes, yo, fuck that. Let me go first. I'm like, okay. <laughs> now, this is after I got three verses already. And the shit's hard as shit. Sauce Money killed the record. He gets on the record. His verse is crazy. Oh, dog, it's 50. Nah, let it keep going. Fuck me, keep going. I got one verse. Two more verses. I was just like, what the fuck, B? He was like, nah, you got to let me have this shit. <laughs> Nah, B. Nah. Nah, son. This for this album. It's, it's going to be this. Nah, Clark, you let me have Nah, man. Well, let me have a tape. All right. Fucking got a tape. We never spoke about the shit being on any mixtape. He puts the shit on a mixtape. Label gets mad at me. I thought you said this was our record. And where's the other guys on it? I said, the motherfucker just took the record and put it on himself. <laughs> so, fuck my album. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I'm not doing my album. No I was like, I can't believe it. And sure enough, he, like, like if, if you've ever watched anything that, that they did talking about his career, like, Sean Money could tell you, when Clark did the fuck you record, <laughs> motherfuckers wanted to sign him. And I was just like, that's funny because it was true. Like, that fuck you song made everybody go, we'll sign that. So, like, I helped. Yeah. But I just thought, there's two sides to me in 50. I thought he was making good songs. That How to Rob shit, it was a good song. But he was also really cool. We were cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've known him forever. Like, I knew him since he was little. With yeah. all the gangsters that he ran around, I knew him. I grew up with them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I knew him. So, when he made the record, I was just like, dog, you calling these two dudes who are my friends pussy. You can't do that. He was like... Nah, Clark. Nah, Clark. This shit, this shit got me mad. <laughs> and I was just like, dog, you... So I, when, when he walked out the studio, I was like, look. <laughs> he did this record. He's mad at y'all. And he said this. I just want you to know. It's not like I condoned it, but it was like part of the verse and it just flowed. <laughs> they were just like, nah, Clark, it's all good. What are we going to do? It's like I called Tone and Poke because they're my homies too. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, you know, look, I'm just keeping it funky. This is what happened. <laughs> and it took a while for the song to get out but then when it got out it was like oh shit so it wasn't like this big commercial record but it was this record that Whoa. made people go hey yeah, yeah. yeah. hey <laughs> you know what I'm saying so you know Dino from, from um, Universal was like Clark what the fuck what the fuck was that and I was just like what he was like I'm signing this motherfucker go for it so Joe Hooker so let's yeah. just take people through the lineage here uh, Andre Harrell yep uh, Sean Combs, mm-hmm. Joe Hooker, well, also known as Harv Pierre. Yeah. Um, what's your relationship with either Joe Hooker or or Harv Pierre? How y'all know about that? We Ooh. we know. We Do you know, know what his rap name was? Uh, uh, 
No. Um, I can name some other people who rapped. Kwan Prather rapped. Mm-hmm. KP. Um, KP. Mm-hmm. Um, Dungeon Family. Yep. Uh, uh, Andre Harrell rapped. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I don't know. Do I, you know that he was in a rap group with um with a with a guy named with a guy named Dave and Nosh? They were uh, all in one rap group. Harvest? I used to produce them. What? No. <laughs> what? Yo, did you know that Derek Angeletti was in a group called the Ultra Depth Defying Three MCs? You never knew that? Wait, wait, wait. Just, let's go through all the hitmen. <laughs> I was their DJ. What was wow. the name of their group? The Ultra Depth Defying Three. And that I was is a terrible team. name. Absolutely. No, it was amazing when it was their name. What was it, 1986? No, nah, that was like 80. That might have been like, we were like, I was like, I was like 18. So ultra Def Defiant 3MC, the UDD. Was D. Dot mad? Huh? He wasn't D. Dot then. He was Master D, I think, if I remember pro- properly. It was Master D. That's when dudes put Master in front of their name. <laughs> you put Master in front of your name at one chill, point. Chill, B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, chill, chill, B. Chill. <laughs> that was for that. That's not for this. <laughs> fucking assholes. Yo, these, those are assholes. Damn, fucking God. I, you know what? Y'all are fucking as bad as Nodwar. I would hate to get nah. cornered by that nah. dude. He'd be like, did you really produce? <laughs> Like, damn, dog, how you know that? <laughs> Not why. I don't, where the fuck does he get his facts from? We heard that he gets it from family members. Yeah. And people flip. Now, nobody in my family is telling anybody shit. Now, see, We're oh, Panamanian. We don't play that shit. Yo, <laughs> where did, uh, real quick, real quick aside. Do you know what the name Joe Hooker means? Well, he sang the hooks, right? right. Yeah. yeah. That's all. That's all yeah. it meant. No, can yes. you? I dare you <laughs> to come against me. Wait, wait, hold on. No. Every hook that he did was dope. Yeah. yeah, that's why right. his name was Joe Hooker. Joe Hooker. <laughs> um, he did, I did a song for um, G-Dep that he did the hook on. That was that was super crazy. Really? But we didn't get the sample clear for it to be on the album. It was so dope. Like, I, it, it was such a good hook that if I didn't have, like, if I didn't have, like, respect for what we, what I've done, yeah. I would go get the hook again and be like, yo, do this shit again. Wow. Yeah. Um, my favorite Harv Pierre thing is that uh, we heard from people at Atlantic Records that when Bad Boy was over there, oh, yeah. he would just be in meetings and just so disrespectfully yeah, taking well, phone calls in the middle. Well, yeah, because they would like go around right. and be like, all right, marketing, and then like marketing would start talking about whatever, and he'd be like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you know what, though? Think about this. If you come from Bad Boy... Mm. What do you really give a fuck about? <laughs> so if that's what he was doing, I don't care. I respect it. But fuck just like, come off the side, just like, hello? And then, like, you know, like, people would just sit there and be like, uh... You have to wait should, for his phone call then. Yeah, should I, should I start... And then, like, you'd hang up and then, like, sort of nod at people and then... Hello? <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Fuck oh, it. Oh, actually, so Eric and I, we once had a meeting with um, Irv Gotti. Mm-hmm. We got brought into his studio. He had a studio on like 30, maybe he still does, on 36th or 37th Street or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to do like an entourage, but for the music industry and set in the 90s. It was going to be like the story of Def Jam, but like fictionalized. Mm-hmm. And so um, he brings us in and we, because we were, we were theoretically going to write, you know, some stuff for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what ended up happening was that we sat there for like an hour and a half and just listened to all of his stories. Yeah. He, he just, didn't, he didn't like leave any room for us to be he, like, Hey, he, this is what we are and this is what we do or whatever. But, but I mean, at a certain point we, we indulged him. We're just oh, like, yeah. tell us about it this was or that or the other thing. Yeah. But he was telling us about how he used to challenge Dame 
they used to see who could be a bigger asshole. Mm-hmm. And they would steal, um, like, J-Lo's plane. Yeah, he got, like, Tommy Mottola's plane. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do a, um, like, a record for J-Lo, but, like, with Ja. But it's going to be in, like, um, California and then Florida. And then they'd, like, you know, fly over there, fly down there, and just spend, like, all this money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was telling us about how he pissed in uh, Lior's, Lior's office. office. Yeah. Well, because, too, like... To, like, prove a point. Like... Like, Lior would pit or everyone against each other, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess they bought into it. And so, like, you have Rough Riders and Murder, Inc. and Rockefeller all just trying to, like, outdo each other in terms of, like... That's a good be... way to outdo one another, by the way. What? Piss on the carpet? on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> See how crazy you are. I don't know if I'd piss on anybody's carpet. That, that's, that that's... seems pointless to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, go, I pissed on your carpet. It's almost like, so... I think that's what Leor said. Like, just do you like, know I'll buy a new, a whole new building <laughs> and move Def Jam to it. I'll buy a building, pissed on the floor. So what? I'll just drop your label. Yeah. How about that? Oh, um, do you have any good like uh, Dame or Irv or anybody like being at that level stories? I, I probably have too many, but I don't. You know, yeah. It's just. You know, it is what yeah. it was. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty. All right. There's plenty. It's just it's like, I don't even know if they mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Think about this. I don't know if you can relate, but you're from the hood. You're from the hood. Get a pair of sneakers was like amazing if you're from the hood. And then you figure out what it is to make millions of dollars. And you think. You know what it is to have millions of dollars. But then you get millions of dollars that don't make sense to the thoughts that you had. What are you going to do? You're going to bug out. Yeah. You're going to do crazy shit. Sure. You're going to do shit that you just know you shouldn't do. Walk in the store and buy every pair of sneakers on the wall. That's just dumb. If you can't fit them, like, what was the point of that? Oh, you want to be the guy who did that? Right. Okay. So. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That type of shit got done. Like, it's. That's why, like, I don't think Meek takes any of this stuff seriously. Any of what stuff? The Drake stuff. Like, he's like, it's just rap. Like, it's just... I mean, it is just rap. Yeah. And it should be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just... But, like, you, you coming from have... where he came from, like, how could you possibly take any of this seriously? I don't know. I just know that when it comes to that, I almost feel like, well, why did you start something? Or what? what was the point of you doing that? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. what's the point of it so that you could get him agitated? Okay, you got him agitated. Now what you going to do? Now that you got him agitated. Or you just want to be like, watch me get Drake agitated. Ah, I got you agitated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like, right. you can't. I don't know. I keep saying. I don't know if it's true. I just feel like when you when you visualize Drake, you visualize something that might have happened to him. Like, he might have got. You might have never believed him. You know what I'm saying? You might have just been doubting him. Like, everybody might have doubted him. Everybody might have disbelieved him. Everybody, he might have got bullied. Like, so much shit might have happened to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he's going, there's one thing I can do. I'm not going to rap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you motherfuckers fuck with me, I'm going to show you that I can rap. So, it's almost like, okay, so you said that there was some ghostwriting being done. Okay, there's no ghostwriting. I proved that. When you get writer's credit, there's no ghostwriting. Uh, so so what now? Oh, you thought you could just say that and I'm not going to say anything? Okay, cool. That's what you said to get me to rap? Now I'm going to rap. Mm. 
You say I don't write enough? Look what I'm saying now. Yeah. What you going to do? And then you don't do nothing. Yeah. So it's almost like, why did you throw that out there? Yeah. Like, and, and the worst part is, he went so right that you're not even going to give a fuck if he writes a rhyme again. <laughs> you, this is going to be like, shit, he, his record is amazing, B. Fuck it. He ain't write that shit. I don't give a fuck. His, his back-to-back song kills in the club. But even more so, Hotline Bling. And Hotline Bling. Hotline like, Bling here's is the so thing. big. Put out good music. No, I, I'm, look, I believe in this shit wholeheartedly. Great records. That's all that matters. Yeah. I don't care how good you are lyrically. I don't care how ill you are with the pen. To me, that's the sport of it. Yep. The bottom line is, yes, you could be the best MC in the world. If you don't make a great record, if you aren't there being the greatest rapper, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. It doesn't. It just, it just doesn't. Look how long K-Dot was rhyming yeah. before you got Kendrick Lamar yeah. Yeah. making amazing songs. Like, did you know, like, let's just keep it funky. Like, I can take you to a motherfucker who can't write rhymes but makes amazing songs. Mm-hmm. What, what you going to do? <laughs> because the rap thing, I, I, I keep hearing people saying, yo, hip-hop is fucked up because of this shit. I'm like, no, hip-hop's not fucked up because hip-hop isn't the music. Hip-hop is the music that rap lives in. Rap represents the culture of hip-hop. Hip-hop is a culture. It's not music. It's not breakdancing. It's not graffiti. Right. It's the culture that these things live in and that represent the culture that it is. Right. Hip-hop is just a way of life. Yeah. Our music is rap. So your music has to be good. Otherwise, you make the culture look fucked up, but you don't fuck up the culture. <laughs> you fuck up rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what do you want? You want great records or you... So when people be like, that's not real hip-hop, I'm like, what the fuck is real hip-hop music? There's no such thing. Yeah. There's no hip-hop music. Hip-hop is the whole culture. Yeah. Rap is the music that lives within the culture. So you want great rap records. Make some. <laughs> Don't tell me that ain't real hip-hop. Or well, when you hear somebody make a, a record, like Bobby Schmurda, they won't call that real hip-hop. I'm like, well, what do you call real hip-hop? Somebody with a backpack? That's not rip- hip-hop. That's still rap. It's just not great rap. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. the most appealing rap. It's still rap. Right. Hip-hop is, is not the music. Hip-hop is the entire culture. That's like saying 120 isn't isn't Islam. It's not. Islam is a culture. 120 is the rules that live within. Anyway. You're speaking math. Yeah, talk math. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to step back. Clark Kent. We're not on like 125th right now. We're on a little little further south. Um, Thank you for coming to the Upper West Side. Yeah. It was really, really cool to be here. This is amazing. Um, I'm Eric. I'm Jeff. I'm God's favorite. Yeah. insurance company that tried to break my heart i am stronger than you ever gave me credit for you thought i'd never leave well today i let you go 
Today, I found GEICO. In just 15 minutes, GEICO has given me the sweet savings on my car insurance that you always promised, but never delivered. It's a brand new day, and the sun shines on my GEICO automobile insurance policy with a thousand golden rays. And never looking back. Nancy, in New York. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.